constantly on, you know, you're constantly working to get and acquire, be at peace and enlightenment or this and that. It's, you know, you're like a worker, a worker bee, you know, and constantly. There's no peace, there's no relaxation. You can get a massage, three hour massage a day, seven days a week. Yes? But the self thing itself will create a tension in you. No matter how much you relax your body, it will spring right back to the coiledness. Because the body is just an expression of the mental process. Yeah? You can massage it more all you want. When I used to go to Thailand, there were like six dollars for two hour massages. So every other day I got two hour massages you know, for three months. Did anything radically shift? No. The body felt all right, and it got involved in itself. Right? Yeah? Isn't that slavery in a way? Having to constantly override this, this like, initial contraction to try to get a little relief, only to have a sense that it's not going to hold, and inevitably the contraction occurs. So when you're in the relief, you can't really enjoy it because you believe there's going to be contraction soon. If I stop doing what I'm doing, or if, if, you know? And it usually it always lands on you. Your condition is based on what you do or don't do. Jesus, that's a high level of responsibility. Yeah. And we fail miserably, don't we? If you're identified as a self, for some of us, it's a constant urban renewal project. It's never going to be over. You're never going to say, oh, I'm satisfied. No, it doesn't work that way. There's no point where you hit a level and then, okay, that's over. All the seeking's finished. Okay, let's get on with expressing now. Let's get on with living. No, no, no. Yeah? Then you just seek another way of living or a better way of living or a super turbocharged like I see an art and ad for Buddhism, extreme Buddhism, like a workout, you know? Extreme Buddhism. Oh, yes, it's like doing whatever, you know, like three-hour Pilates or something. Forget about Buddhism, extreme Buddhism. <laughs> you know, it goes on and on and on. Yeah, you never get off the ride. Yeah, your attention and interest, it follows. It follows, 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 follows. So, this whole message is really... If you're not that, if you're not that system, or you're, if you're not that which the system presents as you, who knows what will, what it will be like? Find out. I can't. There's nothing written. Oh, this is what will happen. Who knows how it will express in this through this little living verb of expression? Who knows? But you you will find out, and it will be quite interesting when you find out. Yeah. And the relaxation that comes from not being identified as a self is better than any massage, telling you. Because this relaxation doesn't have a sister of contraction to compare itself with. It's a relaxation. It's sort of like here you're in this room and you're looking at everything, all the objects in this room, and you think you know what the room is like. And then suddenly what would happen if with no time at all this room dropped about 15 feet? Your mind wouldn't recognize any difference because it's just trained to see things. Yeah. Suddenly all the things would be there, but it would just drop. And that's what life happens. You just drop into levels of relaxation that you're not even, you don't become consciously aware of it as your little yapping narrator. Yeah? It leaks into the life and into its observation over time because you can't dispute the fact, hey, traveling lighter is occurring. It sneaks up on it. It's like Jesus says. It's like a thief in the night. Yeah? The kingdom of heaven is like a thief in the night. It sneaks up on you. Because the mind is constantly looking, you know, thinking it's vigilant, looking, seeking for the next advantage. But that is a form of blindness. Yeah? The looking is a form of blindness. But what do you mean this blindness? I'm seeing things. I'm seeing objects. I'm seeing this. Yes. But it's a form of blindness because you don't sense the no-thing. You don't sense the space. You just see the things that appear in it. Yeah? It's a formulated... It's like seeing that's been hijacked and turned into a form of looking called self-centered. So we look at everything from the point of view of being this, 
So everything pertains, everything pertains in this life to this. This becomes the reference point. This becomes the one thing I'm sure of. This is me. And from there, this me will give everything else the meaning it's going to have. For who? Me. You don't see it as a system of thought and interpretation. It's not an organic, natural event. Yeah? It's contrived. You weren't even in this state when you were born for the first year or two. You had to grow into, even as consciousness demonstrating through a body, it, it had to grow into this identification as a self. It didn't come right away. They've proven it with research. When a baby's born for a long period of time, it doesn't see other. There's no recognition of mother as something different. It's just conscious, yeah? Then the mental process starts kicking in, and it develops an idea that it riffs on, which is, you're a body. And then the mind, just moving around reflecting, sees this one little imitation. I am a body, bombs onto that, and the system cuts in, and now self-in starts going to do what? To reinforce the identification as a body. Because if you didn't have the thought system playing all day, if you weren't listening to K. Mary all day, you wouldn't have a freaking clue what you are. And that's really the freedom, is not to have a freaking clue of what you actually are, just to find out what it's like to be conscious. Not to know anything, but to find out what it's like. And you'd have an immunity to the thought system. The thing that hooks you to the thought system is you're identified with its initial thought. I am this. As soon as that's in place, it just rips. And then when you're thinking you're getting out of it, it's being in it. When you're thinking you're in it, it's being in it. And in one sense, all you're getting out and getting in is still in. Yeah? And it's an imaginary in. It's imaginary. It's not a real place that you're in. That's why your solutions to get out of it never really work, because you can't get out of what you're not in. It's impossible. Yeah? You can't leave somewhere you're not at. You can't transcend something that's not real. It's impossible. Yeah? You can't fix an imaginary problem. <laughs> no matter how many solutions you put on it, they're not going to... They may fool you in time, because time is part of the problem, the demonstration of what I'm calling the problem. There's no problem, but the demonstration of the problem has time affixed to it. So one of our solutions may work in time, but usually very shortly, and then it just regroups again, and the same dimension is in place. The mind tells you, you are the one that was out of mind. You get the feeling of, oh, I had a great experience of my own absence. Wow, what a wonderful thing. So selfing actually claims its own absence as an experience it has. It's incredible. No matter how much evidence is presented, it will just override it by claiming it and making up an experience. I had an experience, and it was a rather long absence of me. It was one of the best experiences I've ever had. You didn't have an experience of that. It was the absence of what thinks is the experience. That's what it was. It was the absence of that. Yet, the head will just... You know what? You can knock it out, and it will get back up. I had this thing. I lived in this place in uh, Florida when I was young. And the people that lived that in the house, I rented a room, were nudists. Yeah? So that was pretty interesting. I was a young Catholic kid from Long Island, New York. I moved down there. And everyone was just walking there, eating the dinner, you know, breakfast, naked, and little kids. So I, had, I kept my clothes on. It was Florida, so I didn't have to wear that much. But I did wear shorts, you know. And I had a room. And Florida has this bug that's like a giant cockroach called palmetto bugs. They're incredibly big. And they can fly pretty erratically, but they can actually take flight for like 15 or 20 feet. Yeah? And they're huge. They're like big. So I rented this room, and there was two of them that were entrenched in that room. And you could hear them at night. They'd make noise, and they'd be going through your dresser and everything. So I had candles all around my little futon that was on the floor to hopefully ward them off. And they were basically had 90% of the room, and I had like 10% of the room. Yeah, so, and they weren't paying any rent. You know what I mean? And every night I'd hear them. We'd be slaying there. And <laughs> so I, I said, so I got to do something. And so 
Back then I was in this fad, they had earth shoes, which were very heavy shoes, that were like three, four pounds, you know. So I had an earth shoe, so I planned on getting one of these palmetto bugs. At least one, let's knock off one. Maybe the other one will get lonely and take off. So because I come in and they be fine and they hit you and it's like look all night out. So I hear the thing and I see it and it's out in no man's territory. It's not in the dress or underneath it. And I take the earth shoe and I smash it, right? I switch it like that, and I have a paper bag, I'm gonna shovel it in. So I'm sitting there looking at it and just exulting in my victory. I reclaim my room somewhat. And then suddenly the thing just sprung back up on its on its legs. And started moving away. And I moved out of that room that, at the end of that month. I just admitted my defeat. This, there's no way. I can't freaking kill the thing. It just went... <coughs> with an earth shoe on it. Yeah, this is... <laughs> Where was I going with this? I have no idea. But the idea of finding a solution to an imaginary problem yes, is part of the trance... The activity of the trance in time. Yeah? The act, part of the activity of the trance of self in, in time is to try to find solutions to imaginary problems. Yeah? In other words, it gives something the meaning of being a real problem, and then it comes up with real solutions to apply to that problem to get relief for it from the problem. Yes? This is a form of slavery, isn't it? Because how many times has been something called a problem in your life. You wouldn't maybe even call it a problem in someone else's life that was happening, but it's happening to you, and therefore to you it's a problem. How many times has that occurred in one's life? A lot of times. And how many times have you applied a solution to that problem? And how many times have you gotten a long-lasting relief from that problem, from that solution? Or is it that you have to get another solution, usually to the solution you just got, because it produces a problem, and so on and so forth. You don't see that as a form of slavery. That your life is filled up with trying to solve an, unim an imagined problem, instead of just maybe entertaining that What's giving it the meaning is the bigger problem than what you call the problem itself. Because this has been in cahoots with every problem you think you've had. It's been you that's been having it, yeah? That hasn't changed. Maybe your height, maybe your this, maybe your education, maybe your health. But basically the premise that it was you has been the one constant in all the problems that you think you've had. It just makes total sense to, like, why would you want to keep investigating the problems? Why not look at who has the problem? Maybe, maybe the latch or the lock isn't really formed by the problem locking you up, but maybe you're the lock. You're the where the clasp is. You're where the latch is. Yeah? Just maybe, maybe if you ask yourself, who is it that has this problem? Yeah? Maybe. And you wouldn't take the first answer the mind would present. You would sit with it a little longer and ask, well, who is that me or something? Just maybe five seconds and you're busy getting Ten seconds. Just turn the light of your attention this way and ask, who is it that's having this light? Let's see if it's you. I believe if you find it's not you, the way you travel in this life will drastically change. And you'll actually know what a solution means. Not a, not a time-based solution, which is always, in a sense, a big problem, because it only lasts a certain amount of time, but a real solution. Yeah? And what would a real solution echo in your life? You're on to something. Instead of having to have rationalizations, why things don't work, excuses, or blaming the teacher or the program you just took or the book you just read. Maybe all those little smoke screens to cover up the inability of the system to navigate a life. You would actually get a relief from all that. And you would feel and be able to enjoy peace of mind. Two or three minutes of that is worth more than 800 pages of scriptures. Seriously. 
once the system actually gets a sense of satisfaction, like real satisfaction, first of all, it will stop eating all the junk food of promises and advertising. It will lose the taste for that because it's actually got a real sense of nutrition. It's satisfied. There's a sense of wholeness or okayness. Now it has a bit of an ability to check things out. It's not so easily swayed anymore. Yes? So you, instead of the relationship with the problem isn't about changing the problem, it's about maybe looking at you. And if the you ain't you, I'll tell you, I will guarantee it, the interest and attention that binds you to all this bullshit of the mind representing your life and your day and other people to you and you coming up with, oh, now I'm sure I know who they are or what they're like. Now I finally figure them out. Let's get to the next person I need to judge and neuter and totally, you know, freeze. And so I never meet another life, living thing in this life because it only scares me the spontaneity of it and the immediacy of it. I want to know what you're like. I don't want to really experience you. I want to know what you're like. I want to have a, I want to have like a, a, a cheat sheet about you. Oh yes, you didn't call me that time. I've never forgotten. You're an unreliable person. That you're done. Oh yeah, all right. You're done. You're done. You're done. And it's just like neutering everyone, neutering everyone. There's no life left. Now you're totally under the sway of this little interpretive system. Because its big drive is to know. It doesn't mean any, it doesn't have to be factual. It just wants to feel like it knows. Yeah? I know today's going to suck. Why? It's raining. Everyone would agree with me. How could this day be good? It was raining. Now, if it was sunny, maybe a possibility, but it sucks. It's going to rain all day. And of course, this is the day I wanted to take a hike. The last eight weeks when it was sunny, I never actually took a hike. But today, I really want to take a hike. And look it, I can't. It's raining. Yeah. This is insanity. I mean, when is it going to be enough? When, when does the system... When does the system finally recognize it's a failed system? How many five-year Stalinist plans do you have to go into? with the hopes that, yes, after I do this and have that and get that, I'll be happy, finally. Are you now? No, 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 but I will be happy. I'm going to be great later. Oh, all right. How does that feel right now? Well, it's sort of gnawing and agitating, and I'm seeking and looking all the time, but I know it's going to be great when I get there. When I get there, it's going to make all of this suffering worthwhile. It could be three hours from now. You've got the Agendash, you've got the movies. It could be all these false securities that make the unbearability of being here somewhat bearable because of there. When I get there, it's going to be great. But me and you and me have never really even been here. All we've been is in the here the mind projects, yeah? Then the mind projects us here as inadequate, not enough, lacking. That's why your whole system of thought is totally emphasizing past and future. It has very little interest in now, does it? Check it out. Are you, do you find yourself thinking, when you're in this moment, right now, thinking about this moment? Hmm? Can you say that in the moments you find yourself in, physically, are you thinking about that moment? Are you thinking about, oh, it's warm here, or... Hey, here, I'm here. Most usually it's thinking about later or the past, yes? And where does your attention go? Usually with the thoughts, yeah? If the thoughts are about next week, it can, it can cause this not to be so to you, does it? It has that ability. If the thoughts are about next week and your interest and attention is wedded to this system which is being identified with its center, which is self, yeah? You're not going to get freedom from the system if you're identified as the center of the system. It's, that's just a big story that it gives you. There's no way you're going to get out of self as self. No fucking way. No way. Every exit is an entrance into another level of it. There's no escape. Yeah, That's the news. You can't escape from an imaginary delusion. There is no you as this, and there never was a you as this, and there's never going to be a you as this. Once, that is, once this is brought to be you, then it's, it immediately sets up the desire to get out of it, yeah? Which is being in it.
this, just, just that, I get an immediate sense of it. Immediate. Not, it didn't take any time. Just hearing that, immediate, the immediate freedom. That didn't take one second. There was no me hearing it, and then it goes, oh, that sounded, oh, and then it gives me a mental freedom. No, a freedom in the echo of that statement. Just a freedom immediately. Yeah, that's what it is. It's not a time-based solution. Therefore, it can't be achieved or promoted through doing and having, which take time. It's a timeless solution. So it has no determining effect by the processes here. Time, doing and having. No, 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 no. It breaks all of that. Its immediacy is what gives you the evidence that it's not from here. Yeah? It's not a product of the selfing. It's prior to the product of the self. So you get disengaged from the advertising campaign, not on this end, but before the advertising campaign sets. And if I'm not an idea that the mind has of me, then I start having an immunity to what the mind presents as me. Yes? So the thought system is thinking about next week, but you're obviously right here. The thought system is thinking, oh, how this look reminds me of two years ago? You're right here. It tells you, you know, someone isn't here. They mustn't like you anymore. You're right here. Yes? The overriding fact that you're here overrides all the mental presentations of there and then. You just get located right where you are. Yeah? Not by being this, by not being this. By not being this, what the, what the mind uses the body to signify is that you're here, is not here. Yes? The mind uses the body to signify it's here so that it can locate you somewhere at some other time. And then think about it. That's all it does. But when you're not this, you are located here. You're more seemingly in the body than you ever were when you were obsessed with yourself as a body. Yeah? You're totally rooted here. And so all the there and thens of the mind is swimming around, circulating. There's an immunity to it. Looking is now seeing. Yeah? So the looking isn't causing you to be blind to the seeing because you're not the idea of being the self. That's the center of self-seeking or self-looking. Yeah? The looking has never been looking. It's an interpretation of seeing by the mental process calling I'm seeing, which is a form of looking called self-centeredness, yes? It's still the same seeing, but it hasn't been commandeered by the mental process. Now, you see the presentation of the mental process, but that's seeing. Yeah? You see how seeing is seeing, let's say seeing, 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 and then the mental process reacts to it, claims it, and now it turns it into looking. You see that. You see it. You see, like the hijacking, in a sense, of the seeing, and now there's a... Oh, you believe you're seeing, but it's you're looking. It's different than seeing. It's different than seeing. Seeing has no investment in what it's looking at. Yeah? It has no investment in it. It's, it's just pure reflection. That's what it is. It doesn't say, oh, I don't want to see that. Oh, no, I don't know. Oh, I saw that before. Oh, no, no. no. That can't give me anything. I don't want to give any attention to that. It's just everything gets the exact same effect, reflected. Yeah? Everything that arises. It's your tasting, man. It really is. We're beholden to the old methodologies of solutions. Yeah? We're beholden to these old methodologies of how it should be. Yes? system wants to be right. Yeah. It wants to be right. At all costs. 
if you've ever been in recovery, you know that if you're beholden to being right, you end up usually alone. And you're right. More and more isolation sets in. And the only satisfaction the system gets is to be right about its interpretation, bringing about no freedom whatsoever. Obviously. I was listening to a guy. People are stealing my stuff on the internet. I don't know. Somebody's talking about the ocean wave thing. And I was like, Jesus Christ, where did they get that one from? But the idea of the ocean and the wave reminded me of it and used it more. He had a different little take on it, I think. See, the idea of the wave, yes, knowing the ocean, you see the fundamental flaw of that, of a wave knowing the ocean. You see the fundamental flaw of that. That the only thing the wave could ever know of the ocean is an experience it had as a wave. The wave determines your relationship with the ocean. Yeah? If you're a wave, the only thing you could possibly hope for is an experience of the ocean because the wave is taken to be what you are. Yeah? You see? If you question that, if I'm not a wave, what's the sense that happens is you're the ocean? It's not an experience of a wave feeling like it's an ocean. It's the ocean. Yeah? So the pointing isn't at the ocean. Let's describe what the ocean is like. And maybe it will reignite some old, uh, old deep memory before you ever became a body or whatever. And then you'll get stirred up and there'll be that longing for the ocean. This is the biggest bogus prize of them all. When a wave starts thinking how great it, it is to be, <laughs> to be an ocean, all the while holding on to its waveness tenaciously studying about the ocean. Not knowing, studying about the ocean is reinforcing that it's a wave. Yeah? But what we're saying is, are you a wave? If you're not a wave, that's the ocean. Yeah? Because obviously the wave and the ocean are inseparable. But the dilemma is, if the system has staked a flag using the body as the pole, and says, this is where I am, that's like the ocean declaring itself a wave and then forgetting its oceanness. And now it may spend a lot of time trying to get close to ocean, studying about the ocean, maybe trying to even swim in the ocean and surf the ocean and ride the ocean, but it will never cross the line and be the ocean. Because it's a wave. yeah, And the wave determines what relationship it's going to have with itself, actually. And it's going to have a dualistic subject-object relationship. So ocean, which is all there is, will become an object to you as a wave. It cannot not be that way. If the identification is in place with the body, no matter how much you hear about the spirit, you can never entertain you're a spirit because you've had a prior entertainment in place that you're a body. So everything must be entertained as a body. Yes? So when someone presents you, hey, you're a spirit, and it sounds really good to you, but it sounds really good to us as a body. And that, that immediately sets up a relationship. Yeah, you see? And now, even if you feel like you're a spirit, it's you as a body feeling it. <laughs> the identification with the body's in place. Yeah? It's not like you're waking up every day saying, I'm a body, I'm a body. No, there's a feeling of being a body. So when, let's say, the spirit is presented to you or to me, and you really feel like you want to know the spirit, what always shackles you, in a sense, and I'm not saying you personally, you as all of us here, what shackles us is the identification as a body. Because we immediately, the mind immediately splits, and now it's a body wanting to be spirit. Yeah? That's why it never gets it. It's always looking, not seeing, it's always looking from the identification to try to get relief for the identification. Yeah? 
instead of just looking at the identification, if I'm not that, all the rules get broken. And then what occurs is you find out. You don't know you're the ocean. That's like a booby prize. You find out what it feels like. Ocean, yeah? You're actually wet. You're not, you don't have the theory of how wet you are. You have the sense of wetness. It's totally different. The sense of I know is dropped, and then it's, it's like the state is I don't know, and that opens you up to find out. As soon as you know, you never find out. You're busy trying to be right or wrong about what you know. That's no finding out. Yeah? So the wave is the ocean. But not as a wave. Yeah? The wave is the ocean, but not as a wave. It can only have an experience of an ocean as the wave. Yeah? That's what it is, isn't it? We are that, yet there's been a separation, and it's become this and that. And we're identified with the this, and that makes that an object to this. And that's what gets us lost. And it doesn't seem to be working, does it? People don't seem to be satisfied that often. So our solutions here seem to be temporary, don't they, at the best? And they need to have a lot of reinforcement and maintenance and vigilance. But it's sort of like trying to glue something that has a repellent to the glue. It just doesn't seem to stick, you know? 30 people meditate 30 years, and in some cases, nothing radical has changed. It's an amazing statement. In a way, something has failed. Not the system for the system itself, but what we believe the system could produce, it can't produce. You can't produce a spiritual condition if you are a spiritual condition. You can't produce one. The mind can't produce a spiritual condition. It will always be a certain, like a hybrid or a bastardization of the spiritual condition, how mind sees it. So it will appear to the mind that it's a spiritual condition, but is it truly a spiritual condition? Or is it just another mind state? But if the mind system isn't what determines everything for us, let's say, then what will happen? Something else will determine things for us. And then you'll find out, like Jesus says, you'll know the tree by the fruit. You can't know the truth. You cannot have an experience of the truth. There's no freaking way. But you can know the truth by its fruits. You can know the tree by the fruit. So you entertain, I'm not that, whatever that may be to you. I would say it's primarily the identification as a body. I am not that, and in that entertaining, new fruits will appear. And by the fruit... By finding out about the fruit, it'll give you an intimation of the tree. So in a sense, I've never experienced the truth, but I've experienced from the truth my whole life. The only thing that's been experiencing anything here is the truth. It's the idea of the mind separating it and becoming this, and making all of this into a special that. Has it worked for you? Even if you put it off till tomorrow, till you go to your meditation at 7 in the morning, and then you have your little tea at 8.30, then you have the yoga class from 9.30 to 12, and then at 12 to 1, you have the bacon salad buffet dish, and then 1 to 3, you have a book reading of some, you know, whatever, ancient text. There's going to be a few minutes there. There's going to be an unsurety, an, an insecurity of mind. You can't apply a temporary salve to it all day. Yeah. What's the difference of like, I'm gonna, I can't wait to get that mink coat next week, or I can't go, wait to go to the retreat? What's really the difference in it? It's both consuming, in a sense. You're expecting the retreat to bring you something. Someone else is expecting the mink jacket to bring them something. Who's to say which is higher or loftier or the other. To me, they're all activities of seeking 
from a failed system with the hopes that somehow within the system it will spring me out of the system. Has it worked for us? I mean, I was a perfect devotee to drug addiction. I would match up my devotion to cocaine with any devotion of any devotee of any teacher in the history of spirituality. I would match mine up with any of them. Hanuman, whoever you want to say, any one of them I'd match up. I gave everything to it. I surrendered completely to it. I was constantly at its service every day. I didn't care what consequences I got from my serving it or devoted to it. Yeah? You would have, I would have been a perfect Christian martyr. If cocaine was the savior in like 2,000 years ago, I would be fighting lions to get some. <laughs> and I'll tell you, there was no transcendence. I never left this dimension. So there's no way an activity here can get out of here. It's part and parcel of the here. Yeah? So what's the most constant thing, aspect in your life? You. Let's go look at that instead of all the other things we're looking at. We look at the, you know, the life of, we want to look at the historical Jesus and the historical Buddha. No one knows what the hell he said. I mean, you didn't see him. Some say he was a skinny guy who liked to talk a lot. From Nepal, Buddha. Most people, they see the big laughing, they think it's a Buddha. It's not even a Buddha, it's a monk. We're off so completely. You know, the big, with the, with the beads, it's a monk. And yet everyone says, oh, there's a happy Buddha. We don't even know what the image is of Buddha. But we want to know that, but we don't want to look into this. Well, I've been studying the Buddhist life. Why don't I just ask, who is it? <laughs> May prove more valuable than all the studying of everything else. Who the hell is the one who's studying? There's an assumption there. There's a mental assumption. It's not pronouncing itself anymore because it doesn't have to. It's how it's felt. That you're a you. And I truly, truly believe, because I believe you recognize the problem from the solution, that, that you is the problem. That's the activity of what we call the problem here. That's what's the, the source of all the unrest. It's not the source of all the pain. Pain happens here. But it's the source of the suffering about the pain. Yeah? It's what, if relied on, if you're having a good time, your mind will get very agitated very quickly and wonder, when's it going to end? When are they going to find out I don't deserve this? What's da-da-da-da? But then the same mind, if it's having a bad day, says, it's oh, it's the beginning of a lifelong depression. I don't know how we can live another day without interpreting our life. To start at the wrong end of the stick, yeah? And no matter how much we move up the stick, it's always the wrong end. <laughs> I mean, how many times... Okay, I get a few. <laughs> okay. I mean, so we got to move, recognize one of those movements. I mean, how many formulas of your head have you followed in this life to be happy? How many? 20, 30? Have they produced the goods? Did they become long-lasting senses of joy, happiness, and freedom? Why would you want to wait to number 80, thinking that's the one? If I can just weather the next 55 formulas, the 80th one, yeah! It's like telling a story about riding a dead horse. <laughs> it's over and over and over again. And you're very afraid to see people riding a live horse. Even though you like to worship people who used to ride a live horse, you don't want to see people riding a live horse while you got a story on your dead horse. No, 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 no. It will no way. No freaking way. But if I'm not that, 
and life can be a finding out. I was really surprised by it. I I could not believe how many old ideas that were here in this head that were constantly framing life. Ever since I was about four or five, something came over me and just started, the wide open lens was given up and it was a very controlled, contrived lens. And with only this much light and this much information, a huge amount of speculation took over. Instead of finding out what life was, I had to depend on knowing what it was from here, which was all information from a distorted idea called the past. It's incredible. Produced such a discomfort in the apparatus, I wanted some relief, and I was conditioned to find it with alcohol and drugs. A system under an incredible amount of stress and dissatisfaction is apt to do almost anything to get relief as it's been proven in some of our lives. If you're under a long period of time with no satisfaction, you have to do fucking anything. Yeah. In recovery, I don't know if you're in recovery, but in recovery they talk about many people have similar shares when they come in. One of the dominant ones is that people are uncomfortable in their own skin. It's an incredible statement, really, if you look at it. If if this is the only skin your mind is identified as, and you're uncomfortable in it, maybe that's why there's tons of plastic surgery. Maybe that's why, like, Michael Jackson did all that work on himself. Who knows? But that initial sense of, like, something that even this, do all that activity. Yeah. I mean, if you're... That's a weird thing, and you weren't uncomfortable with your own skin. I wasn't when I was two or three, four. I wasn't in an abusive situation. I was quite comfortable running around. What happened? Something started to occur, and then it produced its effects in my life. Yeah, and those effects became like the bottom line. And they, no matter all the gymnastics I did, and all the hoops I jumped through, and all the bars I tried to get under. The basic bottom line never changed, yeah? That inherent dissatisfaction never flipped over to a satisfaction. It was always like glimpses of feeling satisfied, but in my life, they were brought about by drug use, and I had tons of consequences. But finally, in this life, that sense of being irritable, restlessness, and discontent, when I entertain, I'm not that, which feels like it's irritable, restlessness, discontent, it flipped over. And now my bottom line in life is a sense of ease and comfort. Yeah? The apparatus goes through suffering, the mind gets agitated, but basically they're a little bit of, they're like little blips on a flat line of okayness. Instead of having a flat line of unokayness, which just produces and promotes tons of mental agitation and seeking, yeah? And the seeking may be valid, but what it's seeking in and as will never produce the result it's looking for. That's the sadness of it. We're seeking within a system There's what we're looking for is not there. It's not an object outside of ourselves that we're going to find and claim and achieve and have and privatize. Yeah? It's letting go of being identified as a system. That's the only solution to the system's woes. But most of us are still in the slavery, taking ourselves to be this, running around looking for relief from this, in the expression of this, it's a failed system, it's a failed search, call it all, you know. Now listen to people, read other people then, listen to their reports, it doesn't work. Long-lasting happiness cannot be produced by objects and things, it's just an impossible thing. You're the thing that gives everything the meaning it has. Joy and happiness in one's life is necessarily going to come out from you. Yeah. But how is selfing going to be able to project that happiness and joy when it believes it has to be acquired with things or doing and having? It can't, yeah. Because if it did produce the goods, it would it would undermine its whole system of seeking and doing and having. If you actually finally did yourself into a lasting state of happiness and had a lasting state of happiness, 
the whole system would have to go out, you know, it would have to finally quiet. And that's not its purpose, is to find. Its purpose is to seek. It has no intention of finding. I know people here in this life that say they've been enlightened three times through different modalities. Three times. How many more enlightenments does it take to produce that flip-over of okayness, you know? I don't see it. I just don't see it in the system. Once it demonstrates its, its failings, if you can just be sober and entertain, it's, a, it's just like it says in recovery, why do you have so much fear in your life today? And it's not, it doesn't leave a blank page for you to write the story of why you have fear, because your mind has a story. It says, isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? So we, we're relying on self, which is just the masthead or a figurehead of a system of thought and interpretation, yes? We're relying on that system, yeah, to give us, to predict, to narrate, to inform us of a life that it's projected, yeah? It's not the, the unsoundness of the system is its greatest teaching. It's not going to lead to soundness of the system. Hopefully it's going to lead that I'm not that and that's the escape from the imaginary problem, is I'm not the center of it. Yeah? I'm not a freaking, long-lasting, independent, separate entity. I, for me, it's the only thing that worked. And I don't know, maybe I didn't cover every inch of the system, but I covered a lot of it, and I've entertained a lot of its possibilities of I will be okay later, and none of them actually produced a long-lasting effect, except the effect of seeking dissatisfaction. Because when I arrived at its arrival dates, it never translated into a real joy and a peace that lasted. It was always something to get off on and then immediately you're back on the road seeking again. Yeah? You can't leave one retreat. As soon as you went on one retreat, then the next, the only thing you could think of is, well, I'll make it a longer one next time. And then it's three month retreats and six months retreats and then throw some tantra in there and some, you know, kundalini and yoga and vegan meals, and it just goes on and on and on. Shit. This isn't about seeking. That's what mine does. It's about, are you the seeker? Are you taking, are you taking the responsibility for all those burdens of mine? Are you becoming the noun where all the judgments and all the ideas and opinions about all the burdens are placed on? Are you that noun? If you are, it's an unbearable weight. Look at the weight of guilt and shame people walk around with because they believe they're the personal doer. How are you going to escape those feelings of guilt and shame unless you escape the sense of being a personal doer? There's no way. You know? No matter how much you understand about the branch, no matter how much you understand it, blah, 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 you're still holding it as a doer. Yeah? expecting it to just get wonderfully well all of a sudden. Um, have you ever felt with that you've reached a point and all you, I don't need to do anymore? It doesn't usually last, does it? You immediately start doing. Even non-doing is another form of doing that. The spiritual paths are getting more and more subtle. We get introduced to something called baita, which people take to mean non-dual meaning one. It doesn't to me mean one, it's not two. That's all it is. It doesn't imply a one. It's not two. That's what it implies to me. And now non-seeking has just become another form of seeking. The still idea of getting something, getting the message that can't be God, is still in place. I mean, it's how can you? How can the reason why you can't embrace something is the form of the hand that's trying to embrace it. It's not the thing you're trying to get. It's the form of the hand can't, can't close around no thing. The form of the hand, when moving towards no thing, makes it a something. It has to. That mental hand of selfing in that system, when it wants to know nothing, it makes it into something. It cannot not do that. Yeah? It's 
like there's the space. You ever see those things where they you put a quarter in and you get to run this little claw hand? There's all these rabbits and little monkeys and everything. And you're going in there and you're taking the space that really is what it is. You're taking the things that are appearing in it to be the prize. And you realize, you realize you're already, you've already embraced the space without knowing it. <laughs> and yet you think you've got to grab it and know it as something and pull it up and, oh, I got this, and put it on your little spiritual mantle. Fucking, it's so, you know, it always fades, doesn't it? Falls off, becomes less shiny over time. Then you get unruly and restless, and then you got to sign up for another fucking ayahuasca thing in Peru or something. You know, well, I'm going to do 12 of them. I'm not leaving until I puke my fucking brains out and have a, have a, a hallucination that signifies to me I've seen something. Who knows? It could go on and on and on and on. instead of constantly going out there in the formatted way of selfing, look, you know, like a virgin type of way at the formatting. And then that's when the real relief started to occur. Yeah? And I knew the tree by its roots over time. It just started traveling lighter through all the circumstances of my life. And a lot of them got seemingly worse than before. Yet, it was a traveling lighter and it became consistent. Traveling lighter. And I'll tell you, I don't think we've lost the ability to recognize satisfaction. It may take you a while, because it may not fit, fix, fit your ideas, but you will come around to it. Because what all those ideas just signify is satisfaction. You're willing to give up the idea of being right about how it's supposed to look. Satisfaction will translate in you, and you'll know it. You'll feel a sense of okayness in it. So I haven't had any new ones in 14, 15 years. It just seems to be the case. It was like, you know, got to the last book, so to speak, from the shelf. All right, thank you. I'll have to go back to any other books. <laughs> it's very clear. That's a problem. The guy just sent me. It's really dread.